So the hard part is to do this show without an erection. <laughs> See? Just when I wonder, what would be the cold open? <laughs> Hanging out and drinking There's something that you want to do Well let me introduce you To my boys Matt and Drew For fun and laughs and spirits There's just one place to go It's time for the whiskey Tequila Friday show Now hanging out and drinking There's just one place to go it's time for the whiskey, Tequila Friday Show. Happy Friday, Drew. Happy Friday, Matt. And happy Friday to everybody, and welcome to another episode of Whiskey Tequila Fridays, our podcast where we drink some whiskey, we drink some tequila. We educate. And we libate. All right. My name is Matt. I am the whiskey guy, and I have my buddy Drew. Drew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I, I'm i pretty excited. I'm like, super excited we, for this one. We're, we're giddy. And <laughs> the, the reason is, okay, so we just wrapped up our hype episode. If you listened, thank you. To all of our subscribers and all of our followers out there, shout out. We love you. Thank you. Both of you. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> Six listeners cannot be wrong. So we dove into the world of hype. Yep. We got on the hype train. Yep. Took a ride. These are... Okay, let's just face it. What's this episode called? It's about damn time. Yeah. Okay. So we are... Kind of bringing the bar that we might compare everything else to. I brought... This is my favorite Blanco. This is your favorite Blanco. For sure. Okay. But not favorite tequila. I'm still going to go with the El Tesoro Reposado as my favorite tequila. But this is by far my favorite Blanco. And so these do have hype. And we'll get into the hype around these bottles. If we have any self-respecting podcast about whiskey and tequila and we don't do these bottles then we don't know what the hell we're talking about. And the reason for the title is we we couldn't figure out why we've waited so long to record these two bottles. Yes, these are fantastic bottles. They deserve the highlight and the love that we're about to share. So for my whiskey, I brought the Colonel E.H. Taylor Small Batch. Yes, sir. And I brought Fortaleza Blanco. The E. Ching, right? (laughs) I mean, it's... Exactly. It is the tequila that, the Blanco anyway, that I think anyone who is into tequila, like they're going to compare it to Fortaleza in terms of quality, in terms of availability. We'll get into, again, the hype around this. They both have gotten pretty popular. They're not easy to find. But we are so excited to pair these together and see how they go. So am I missing anything else? We should... Before we started recording, we did discuss two things we wanted to talk about. Right. Number one is we are now recording this in yet another location. (laughs) Right. So we were thinking back to all the places where we have recorded. Should we go through all of them? Sure. Let's quickly go through them all. We started in your dining room. Yep. We did one or two... Around my kitchen island. Right. Very echoey in there. Yeah. We've done a handful from my garage. Yes. Even when it's unseasonably... Right. Inappropriate. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it was way too cold. And then I think in a recent episode, you probably heard... I don't know what was going on, but I felt like there was an airplane circling (laughs) my house. Like an old, like... It was like the Red Baron (laughs) biplane. It was so noisy. We've recorded... Snoopy. Snoopy and his P-51. exactly, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We've recorded in my in-law's breakfast nook. Mm -hmm. And each of them probably have a different 
acoustic yeah, quality. Exactly. So listeners, all of our loyal, faithful listeners, you might be able to pick up on <laughs> right. the acoustics of all those different, you know, yeah. all those all those locations. But it just gives us, you know, going for it, the nuance of audio availability, not yeah. just what we're tasting, but even the, the sound exactly. quality. Exactly. We've we've recorded in the conference room at my office. Yep. And today we are in my home office. So that's six total? I think that might be six, six locations. Hey, you know, the variety is the spice of life, you know? I mean, we exactly. have to vary Exactly. Them. So if, if you especially like today's Echoes, let us know. Yeah. Leave a comment. <laughs> yeah. Leave a comment. Oh, and speaking of comments, I believe we have a review. Nice segue. Yes. On our iTunes, we have not only... Uh, 15 ratings, we have a review. And we would love to read this. And if you're out there, it's Jeffro is the name that they've given their, their, their Jeffro sign. Jeffro or Jeffro? Jeffro. Jeffro. J-E-F-F-R-O. Okay. And this is a couple of months ago in August. Okay. And it was in relation to our first episode. Sure. Back when we were talking about flowers and... <laughs> and whether or not flowers are food, right? Yes. So the review is titled, Flowers Are Not Food? Question mark. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I've never tasted a flower, but I'm willing to try. Congrats on launching your new podcast. Excellent tasting descriptions and notes. Well done, gentlemen. So, Jeffro, awesome. if you're out there, thank you so much for the review. And all of you out there... Hit that five-star review. Give us a... Or hit that five-star rating. Give yeah, us a give review. Yeah, give us a review. It would be you awesome. Know, yeah. We it, need that. It helps that. others find this magical show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Are we I should, I should also mention that being in my home office, I've got one squeaky chair and one really nice chair. So I'm sitting in the squeaky one right now. So every time I lean forward, you're going to get a... <laughs> I'm not sure how, how well that gets picked up, yeah. but if you hear that, that's that's what's going on. It, it'll I'm leaning all in. Yeah, it'll all depend on how much editing you want to go through. <laughs> right? Not that much. <laughs> all right, so let's get into this. Do all it. Right? So do the it. Colonel E.H. Do it. <laughs> the Colonel E.H. Taylor, it's now a product of the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Oh, and the Buffalo Trace, you know, it's the same maker of the Buffalo Trace from the the hype episode, and yeah, it. I, I don't know what they're doing there, but they seem to have nine out of the ten whiskeys they make are either allocated or hard to find or so good that everybody wants them. Everyone gets in line. They fly off the shelves, you know. So kudos to them for whatever they're doing because. They are it. Yeah, you know. circling back to the hype episode, is that, again, because nine out of their ten whiskeys are that good, or have they just created that much hype around their brand? I think that is a great debate. I think that okay. debate continues on and on among whiskey aficionados, you gotcha. know, because... So kind of like we touched on in the last episode, it, it, it is appealing to the masses, and so it has massive appeal. Yeah. That, <laughs> well Allow put. myself to introduce <laughs> myself. I... <laughs> Once again, Actually, you know what? well put, Drew. Maybe that did make sense. Yeah, maybe. Again, whatever it is that they're doing, yeah. I, I can make fun of them all day long. I can go sure. on and on about the taters out there that want to just walk in and just ask if you have this and then walk out if you don't. But you can't argue with numbers. And, yeah. and they yeah. sell. Yeah. They sell. Okay, great. Tell us about the Colonel. All right. So the Colonel is known as the father of the modern bourbon industry. And if you were alive back when he was doing things, mm -hmm. you probably looked at him in two ways. You probably looked at him as an innovator, like this guy making quality tequila, or quality whiskey, or you might have, if you were in the business, if you were a competitor, if you were um, someone who's maybe on the outside looking in, you might have seen him as one of these businessmen that is rich beyond means and therefore 
draws a little envy. Okay, you know, and gotcha, it, gotcha. So, something of a titan of industry. Yeah, right. Like your like your modern day, you know, Jeff Bezos or something like that. Where, but how he got there and what he did, you know, he was a banker. He knew money. He knew business. He knew law. He knew how to get around. Um, he was mayor of Frankfurt for 16 years. So he was into politics as well. Gotcha. Which, Frankfurt, Kentucky. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's from Kentucky. Yeah, born in 1830. So when you think about that, 30 years after that, you've got the Civil War. And then 30 years after that, you've got the Bottled and Bond Act of, of 1897. Gotcha. So and we've, we've, just, we've mentioned this a couple of times, but that's, this is the guy. Yes. Yeah, that's the guy. He, he was instrumental. He wasn't the only one that did it, but he was instrumental in getting that law passed. The Bottled and Bond Act of 1897 that, you know, had a lot to do with the tax strip, but it also had to do with those rules of what was considered a Bottled and Bond whiskey. And him, along with, uh, I think it was Secretary of the Treasury, John Carlyle, and okay. another uh, whiskey industry person by, you know, by the name of Ezra Brooks. <gasps> so, oh, Ezra had something to do with that, too? Yeah, he was instrumental oh in gosh. getting that law that law passed. So and Those are just special bottles. Oh. <laughs> Ezra Brooks is I a... Do, I do love that line. Oh, yeah, that's a, yeah. Good, it's a good bourbon. So... Some of the things that he was a part of, either inventions or improvements that he did, was uh, copper for the fermentation tanks. Okay. State-of-the-art grain equipment, column stills, the vertical column oh, stills no that you see today. He developed those? I don't know if he was the sole person to come right. up with it, but yeah. in my rudimentary research, it just said he was a part of or the inventor of these items. Gotcha. So it listed out things that he was maybe had a hand in. Yeah. But also things maybe that Maybe the money behind sure, the engineer who made sure, it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Also just the modernization of some of the buildings, making them a little more, you know, efficient and, and modern. Okay. And a much more efficient sour mash technique, which we can get into down the road. We can you can I'm let, sure let I'm sure you can I'm sure you can geek out on sour mash for a long that's gonna be that's gonna take some cutting. <laughs> and then hey, remember the 82 minutes you told us about sour mash <laughs> yeah i had to cut yeah, some we of had, yeah i had to minimize that <laughs> and then also he was uh the first steam heating system he developed the first steam heating that is used in some warehouses even today so oh to heat the warehouse right yeah so we, we'll get into maybe down the road like uh, heat cycling, like during the winter, you can raise the heat. And what that does is it allows for one more or two more rounds of expansion of the barrels to mimic summer. Oh. Some warehouses will heat their barrels during the winter because then they can let it cool off, heat it back up, let it cool off, heat it back up. Right. And that pulsate, and, and, that the temperature is what gets the water to go in and out of the wood. So gotcha. essentially making one winter, you could get three quote unquote years of aging in one winter by heating and cooling the warehouse. I don't know if that's technically, obviously you can't call it three years. Yeah, know, of course. But, of course. But you get that wood extraction. You get the, the, the benefit of the flavor. But he's, the, he's building complexity in, yeah, a, in a compressed yeah, time much, frame. Yeah, much more than what a banker would do today. Yeah. <laughs> Bakers aren't going to create a heating systems out of steam, right? <laughs> so, what, what, what was your major? <laughs> what was it? Right, it's a little. Oh, it's so, I think he's just. A, you know, for, for me, he's he's like a hero. Like he's just. Yeah. He's just this god of industry and a titan of, of of whiskey. That maybe he was. Maybe how he bought and sold and bankrupted more distilleries than. Some people will ever even know, right? He was involved in seven different distilleries at one point in his lifetime. So that okay, when you think about that, that's that's a. And do you think he was buying some of them to bankrupt them just to get rid of the competition, or was it see maybe again, just just figuring his way through the whiskey business? Right. Yeah. I mean, and he had the money to fail. <laughs> right. He he was not. A poor farmer making his way. I mean, he was a rich banker who was gotcha. doing what he needed to do for his label, his whiskey, his... Yeah, gotcha. sure. And even the Bottled and Bond Act itself, we like to think of it as this heroic, 
wonderful thing that you know established quality yeah. in, in yeah, I know where you're going with this yeah. consumer but what he was really trying to do was differentiate his juice from all the others that right. were not good right. which you could say is valiant because the the bad stuff the other guys it it was killing you <laughs> it wasn't just that it was poor quality that it was it was poison some of it was poison some of it some of it might have been perfectly drinkable but just didn't have the legislation and the little wrapper exactly. on it. exactly, And so that, I mean, you're going to differentiate yourself from the rot gut blinding yeah. stuff yeah. anyway. Right. But this is to separate him yet again from the good stuff that didn't quite meet whatever exacting yeah. standard he decided to choose. Right. So he was benefiting by sure. these quote unquote valiant efforts that he was you know what i mean yeah 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 so but it doesn't change my love for the man you know i still when i i look at the picture on the bottle you know that right that top hat and that beard and i just want to drink whiskey with that guy you know like yeah. i want to just yeah sit down with him and let him talk for a while could you imagine some of the stories like that would just be amazing it would be amazing but enough enough geeking <laughs> it's out it's never enough geeking out on the colonel well but this glass is just sitting here, and it's not going to drink itself. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're here. All right. First of all, I got to mention the color on this thing. Th this is a deep, dark, syrupy amber. This is gorgeous. Yes, it's a beautiful color. And it's at least four years because it's bottled in Bond, but it doesn't have to be. It could be six-year, eight-year juice, you know. Sure. There, it's rumored to be at least six or seven years old, but it has to be four years old to be bottled in bond. Okay. All right. Let's give this a nose. What are you getting on there? Oh, so... Oh, my gosh. So, for me, if someone wanted to ask me to put in a nutshell what this bourbon is, it, for me, this is the epitome of balance. Because I get... Mm -hmm. I get just about everything that you could imagine. I do, too. Yep. But in such a balanced way. So if you want mint, it's in there. If you want leather and tobacco, it's in there. If you want oak, it's in there. Brown sugar, a when, little maple. When it, I first went in, I got the sweetness and I got those like deep stewed fruits. Plums, cherries. Yeah, yeah. the fruit. There's, there's fruit. There's earthy notes. Like, right. Like that's, the, that's what's coming next the then The tannins and the wood and the oak. Right. And, wood, oak, barrel spice. If you hold your nose out just a little bit away and leave it there long enough for that to kind of waft up, you can okay. even get some of those floral notes. Incredibly well balanced. Yes. It, it's just, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. This is phenomenal. Are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Matt, keep going, man. Tell, tell <laughs> me right. what you got on that right. first so, set. So for me, I, I get some citrus. I get like orange peel or orange zest even. Okay. And a tannic note from the wood. Again, rumored to be about seven years old. So you're going to get some good oak influence here. Sure. And this is just that, just enough of the tannic oak bitterness to go along with the caramel sweetness, the leather, the tobacco, the orange, all those notes together. It's just so well balanced. Gotcha. So, so when I went in, the first thing I noticed was like a real sweetness. I got the red fruit. I got the more of the stewed fruit, more like the plums and sure. dark cherry type stuff versus maybe the apples and things like that into a nice hot cinnamon finish. And then at the very end, I was going to say it was more like orange peel or orange zest with a little bit of the pith. And that's what you're calling tannin. Yeah, sure. A little bitterness. Yeah. Just, but, yeah. but a nice bitterness. Right. Not overpowering, not mouth puckering or anything like that. Just, it's it's perfect. Yeah. Because it's well balanced with everything yeah. else. Like a good a good coffee lover loves the bitterness yes. of a coffee. Right. But you don't want it to be overly bitter. But Correct. that's why you're drinking it, you know? Yeah. And this is... This is the Buffalo Trace mash bill number one, which they don't disclose, but it's rumored to be mostly corn, 75 corn, maybe 10% rye, okay, and then 15% malted barley. But there's no definitive number there. Gotcha. But mash bill one is the low rye mash bill. Mash bill two is their high rye mash bill, 
rumored to be a little more like 20% rye. Okay. So if this is 10% rye, you're still getting a tiny bit of that rye spice, but predominant corn sweetness. Yeah. Predominant corn. Let's do that again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So on that second sip, I'm still getting some of the sweetness up front, but just as I was thinking it, you said a little cherry cough syrup. Yeah, a little... And it was like this this sweetness, but a little medicinal quality to it. Right. But again, it's kind of like the cough syrup you wanted to drink as a kid. <laughs> exactly. Like it, yes. it's it's really like, tasty. Mommy, I'm a little sick. Yeah. Like, are, yeah. are you really? <laughs> <laughs> like you remember the Luden's cough drops? Oh, yeah. Those things were like candy. Like oh, yeah, I'll, I'll eat and those. The, the Diamond Tap, the Diamond Tap cough syrup, the grape one. I don't remember that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, did you have a little addiction to that? <laughs> no. My parents kept a tight lid on that. Like you're not, you're not coughing. Yeah, go back. <laughs> it was just that go back, tasty. Go back to bed. <laughs> and then the leather. Yeah, just and that, orange. That leather and orange for me really stands out on that finish. I just love this whiskey so much. You know, it's really good. I, I wish, I wish I could go back in time when I would walk into the liquor store, and it was just sitting on the shelf. Three or four deep. Oh, tell me about that. How long ago was that? Well, this was 2012, 2015 era. Solid seven to ten years ago. This is the this is this the regular small batch. You know, they they make a straight rye, they make a single barrel, they make the barrel proof, which we have have done, but we Mm -hmm. haven't dropped that one yet. Yeah, I don't think we've (laughs) dropped that one yet, but that's a special episode. Delicious. Um, my little unicorn bottle. Yeah. And uh, so this one of those bottles, this is supposed to be the one that's more readily available, more on the shelf all the time. Okay. And it was, you know, $33, $36 I think I paid for this. Are you serious? Yeah. And knowing what I know now, I would have bought by the case. Right. Because I could still have those, you know, in my collection. Yeah. But yeah, now it's really hard to find. I got a buddy north of... DeKalb, almost Rockford, he can find these on the shelf out there. So shout out, Byron. Thank you yeah, for this. Yeah, that's right. I was yeah. going to say, Byron, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a good friend to have, I think, because this is this is special. It is. I mean, it's it's one of those that if, if I find it on the shelf, if I'm looking for something else and I happen to come across this one, well, guess what? I'm buying this one, you're, too. You're buying yeah. too. <laughs> I'm buying whatever I'm buying, plus I'm buying that one. Yeah. yeah. Third sip, uno mas. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. The sips I'm taking keep getting smaller and the finish keeps going longer. Yeah, you don't have to have a lot. I know. This is beautiful. And with that third sip, I was breathing in both in my mouth and my nose, and I got like this tobacco. I got like oh, this really? tobacco note just as it was about to like you know, hit my lips. And I was like, oh, I want more of that. And then when I, and then when it hit my lips and it was all caramel sweetness. Oh, and it's so good on the, the lips. <laughs> so good. But yeah, I mean, if you, if you had a particular note that you don't like, it's no big deal because it's so well balanced. It's only a little bit. This is not the whiskey that I compare others to in terms of my overall experience, but it is the whiskey I compare when I'm talking about balance. For so sure. For me, this is the watermark. This is the threshold. This is a delicious whiskey, and it's worth the hype. Unfortunately, worth it's the worth hype. the hype. Therefore, not on the shelf. Right. Right. Any other closing thoughts? You know, I was just going to say on that, on that third sip, and again, I, I keep taking a smaller and smaller sip, just because we got to pace ourselves sure. for the show sure. here. <laughs> I got... That third sip, I got like a, a almost reminiscent of cognac. Okay. When we were sipping on the, what was it? The Remy. The uh, Remy? Yeah. I, what did we sip? What cognac did we sip on? Yeah. I, I gave you just a little taste of the Remy Martin cognac. Okay. It reminded me of that cognac. Okay. Yeah. Almost like straight cognac. Yeah, sure. Just Just that phenomenal. stewed, that stewed yeah. fruit. A lot of stewed fruits. Yeah. So good. I love this one. It's a great Every time I move my arms, this chair (laughs) squeaks. We might have to adjust that for future recordings. Yeah. All right, Uh, we'll see. Whatever. All right. Are you ready for some tequila? I am ready. I'm ready for tequila. Yeah. Especially this one. This is 
my favorite Blanco. And if that El Tesoro Reposado is my favorite tequila with a score of 100, this is like 99 and a half. So it's right there. Right there. Right there up with Right it. there. This is by far my favorite Blanco. And why have we not had it on this show? <laughs> it's, it's also the whiskey that you basically invited me over when we first were getting into the the details about what this show would be, yeah, how we would have come across with this, you know, and you lined up some So I think I tequilas. lined up like seven tequilas for you, a handful of which were Añejos, which I thought coming from the whiskey world, you would go towards the Añejo. You kept coming back to this bottle. Yeah. I was like, can we get a little pour of this? <laughs> yeah. So I think that says, I think that speaks volumes about the flavor and complexity that we're about to get into. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? I want to mention, so I want to mention our buddy Doug Price again. Oh, yeah. The Agave Social Club. If anybody really wants to geek out on Fortaleza, back in April of 2021, I'm pulling it up on my phone here now. April 28th, 2021, he interviews Billy Erickson, who might be like the fifth or sixth generation in this distillery. Listen to that episode and get all the history. Sure. Because they do a way better job than I would ever do here. Oh, he's, I mean, he's the best when it comes to interviews and really diving deep into the... Diving deep into the the history, the the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The process, the... Yeah. I, I wouldn't do it justice. So why don't we listen to that? Sure. (laughs) Right? Just listen to that. But I will geek out a little bit. This score's a 90 on the panel score of Tequila Matchmaker. Yeah. One of the highest scores. Yeah. That's interesting because... And that's like, if you're used to wine ratings, this is 100. Right. Or a 99. Or 99. I I don't know. Yeah. Right Right up there at the top. I'm not sure if there are many that are higher than 90. Certified additive free which most of the tequilas we've tasted are. Funny enough, since we've been recording these episodes, and we've been recording them for over a year, despite having only dropped a handful, (laughs) this tequila matchmaker additive-free program has exploded. It really has blown up, yeah. So I think at one point I mentioned like, oh, you know, if some... Mexican or Canadian couple moved into the U.S. and said, hey, let me look at your books. And, you know, maybe there was pushback. Maybe there was pushback, but it has caught on. Right. Now, it sounds like they are reaching out to Grover and right. Scarlet. And saying, let let us be on your... And there are even some labels I'm seeing that are coming out and saying that they are additive-free before even getting that confirmed additive-free marker on it. Like, they're putting right. it on their label because they want to... Right, they because want, they want shifted that the industry. With, right. with their and label. And we already, we, already, we already talked about Patron, you know, being the first big brand on Tequila Matchmaker to be certified additive-free, and that had to be an incredible undertaking for a for something the size of Patron to go for through. A, a quote-unquote giant right. to do this, yeah. And we mentioned that I don't think that they've renewed it. I, I think it's such a big undertaking for something that big. They they did a solid for the industry. And we've already geeked out on Patron. Yeah, so I'm yeah, not, sure. not going to get too far sure. down the road here. You know, if this is your first time listening, go listen to, to the in. last episode yeah. and you can, you can learn all about Patron. Fortaleza, deep well water. And from that deep well, we are getting tons of earth tones and minerality, sometimes some chalkiness, almost an Olive brine scent right. on the nose. Right, yeah. If if there's one tequila that reminds me of olives, it's this one. It's this one. Wood fermentation tanks, open air fermentation. Now, I, I do not believe that they use the fibers in fermentation. We've talked about some other places throwing fibers into the tanks. Sure. Or hanging them in the still. Right. Trying to gather more of that agave flavor. And, and I do not believe that they do this. Tohona crushing. I want to talk about the bottle for a minute. Oh, yeah. Each bottle is handmade. They're all different. Each cork is handmade. 
They're all different to fit the bottle. And it has this, the coolest little representation of a piña. I love the cork. It's the best cork in tequila. Absolutely. Second, second might be the Tahona of the, the newer. The Tahona of, yeah, of the newer, of, of the newer El Tesoro, for sure. And these are super valuable to keep around because if you ever have a cork that disintegrates or breaks, all of these are different sizes. So you might have it that fits any number of bottles. Well, and, and they kind of have like a cone yeah. shape. Right. So even all you got to do is just go down a little more and it might fit then. Yeah. 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 And there, there are tons of videos of the hand craftsmanship of making this little, you know, they paint it all green and then put it on a sander to get the white pieces here. It is oh. so cool how these things are made. So cool. That's neat. So another point, I'm going to steal a little point from Doug's podcast. They mentioned that what Fortaleza puts out in a year is what Patron puts out in about a day. <sighs> so it is small batch. Yeah handcrafted, artisan. This is special. Yeah. So when the word got out of how good this shit is, that's why you can't find that's it. That's why you can't find it. If you find this, I, it, it's funny you mentioned this, like the, the, the Colonel Taylor being on the shelf in 2015. You wish you had bought more. It was only a couple years ago, Fortaleza was on the shelf and there would be four, five, six bottles deep and they'd go on sale, at least in the Chicago area, They'd be 50 to 55 bucks. Right. Now it's 60 to $70. And if the store has one, that's yeah. it. Yeah, right. So on a recent shopping trip, I found one at one store. I picked it up. I found one at another store. I picked it up. That's all I saw in like three or four stores. Like you, it's just not out there. Sure. It's so small. The hype is worth it because it's so good. And I'm talking it to death. There was one other thing I wanted to mention, but forget about it. Let's uh, we'll we'll All talk right. about it in a second. Right. Let's 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 smell this thing let's first. This. Uh, so just that olive oh and brine, earthy, citrusy. There, there's a so much going on. Grassy. Yes. Yeah. There's a fresh grass and a wet hay. Yeah. Note going yeah. on. Yep. For sure. There's right. A, there's oh. A, there's a vegetal note and an earthy note. There's a briny and that note, olive brine, and olive note, yeah, and I love that olive brine. Let's give this a taste, then I'll I'll talk about Guillermo. All right, salute, salute. Okay, so in all of that nosing, we never once mentioned agave, and it's there. Oh yeah, it's there, <laughs> but it's almost assumed. It's all the other stuff it's, that shows up, right? Which, again, if you get into these spirits like we do, that's that's where you find. The nuance. the nuance, that's where you find it, because in something like a real smoky uh, scotch, yeah, you know, uh, compare one smoky scotch to another smoky scotch, they both taste like smoke, but it's, it's in those, it's in the, what's, what's behind the smoke, there you find the fruit or the bitter barleyness, or the honey, right. or those other you things. You always take it there. Bring it back to the tequila homes. <laughs> So here's the thing. We have been sipping on these tequilas for so long. I feel like we failed to mention agave. Oh, but it it's I, I don't get a lot of like roasted or toasted agave in some of the other Blancos we've had. Yeah, it, I, I get I get a good bit of cooked agave. I feel like it's the sweetness. It's the sweetness. It's very sweet in there. Yeah. What oh, I was going to say the was nose, yeah. how how on the nose it was rather bold. Almost savory with that olive brine. Yeah. Yep. With the minerality, the earth notes. Yep. I would call it a more savory or bold nose. And then when I tasted it, I got like floral qualities. I got delicate, light qualities. You know, that light sweetness. So I love how it transformed from the nose to the palate. Right. I love that. Right. Kind of like we were talking about with the kernel. Getting that orange zest. This is like a citrus peel. Sure. It, it's not a big whack of fruit, but it's a citrus peel. Then earthy, buttery, and at the very end, salty olive brine finish. Yes. I love 
to pour a glass of this, pull out four or five of those big, gigantic jalapeno garlic stuffed olives oh, from Costco. Okay, okay. And just eat the olive and sip the tequila. Because nice. they match so nicely. So that's your... That's your Evan Williams and raspberry. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. This goes so well with that. And like a nice salty cheese. Do you have like, any of those? I do. <laughs> oh, and like a nice salty like manchego. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. If you get your hands on a bottle, and it's not like you can't find it. It's just that it's going to take you a while before you do. When you do, you're probably going to pay 60 to 70 bucks. It is worth every penny. Just buy it yep. and drink it because it's that good. <laughs> it is that good. Second sip? Second sip. Salute. Oh, the second sip is different. Buttery mouthfeel, oily mouthfeel. Very, very buttery and oily. Oh. Yeah, that was really good. More of, I got more of the cooked agave that time too. More of the cooked agave than more of the minerality on the finish versus the salty brine. Right. Right, but still, there's that little, there's that little floral note in the yeah. beginning that I just love. I love it's that. So good. Delicate. It's not as pronounced as it is in some other ones that we've read, like no. the El Tesoro Reposado. Oh, no. Sure, yeah, right. Yeah. It's not it's nearly as as pronounced. Just a tiny. It's just mm-hmm. there, it's a tiny bit. But but man, this is yeah, this is special. Yeah. So this is coming out of Nome, fourteen ninety three. You'll notice that they make two brands. Fortaleza, and Abuelos. And you'll also notice they have almost the exact same label. Sure. Just different name, like the the same graphics. Right. So in Mexico, this is Los Abuelos. They import it to the U.S. and there's already like a Don Abuelos rum. And so they get into a trademark dispute and have to change the name. And I guess Fortaleza was already the name of the distillery. So sometimes they name the distillery something and then the the brand coming out of it might be different. Sure, sure. So they they decided to name it Fortaleza. That's a good story. I I thought it was just a random name that they came up with. But that's the name of the distillery. No, I think it is actually the name of one of the distilleries. And cool little thing, if you peel off the label, you peel off the paper, etched into the glass under the label is Abuelos. Nice. Now, it may just be for efficiency purposes. Like, okay, we're all going to make the same bottle and we're going to slap two different labels on it depending on where it's going. I like to think it's more of a little fuck you, Don Abuelos. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? Just like, uh, yeah, that's fine. You won the trademark battle in the courts. But right behind still, our label, we still got it still on, on there. The bottle. That's nice. I just like I just I just like to think of it that way. <laughs> that's a good story. I like cool it. Cool thing. The fifth generation distiller, Guillermo Sousa. You may think of Sousa tequila. tequila. Common thing in tequila history. I think it was a great-grandfather or a great-uncle, somebody, sold the Sousa name to somebody else, who, and then that just becomes crap. Yeah, sure. I, and, <laughs> um, and I think that the same thing happens in the whiskey industry. You know, sure. There, there's a couple of people that basically had two sons or three sons, and then they all split up and they all do their own thing, and then... Those names change because they get married or have daughters or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. But there's a connection to so many distilleries, you know. Oh, the, my gosh. The, the beam name alone is right. in three or four distilleries. Right, right. Speaking of daughters, I, I, I still, I want people to listen to Doug's Agave Social Club podcast for this. But the coolest thing, the first generation, five great-grandfathers ago, started at Cuervo. Okay. Left Cuervo to do his own thing. There might have been a little hard, some hard feelings there when that happened. Fast forward a couple generations, I guess one of the grandkids, right? One of these five generations of distillers marries a Cuervo daughter. Oh. And so for a while she's disowned. And, <laughs> and you know, it's just so cool how these families, you know, yeah, sure. it's a small world. Yeah, it is. That's great. And I think that's that story is told in that podcast. You, you got to just listen to Doug's podcast because I'm, I'm not. Why would I take the time to recreate <laughs> the magic? Let's get in for another sip. Last sip. All right. So once again, we're smacking lips for two minutes. 
the the finish just gets longer on this one. Yeah, it it's gets a long better. Finish, and we're sitting here discussing what we're tasting, and I think we're in total agreement. What'd you get? Yeah, there was more or a little black pepper that wasn't yeah. there before, and then a balance of vanilla with the black pepper. I didn't really get a whole lot of that on the first two sips. I I didn't taste any vanilla. I didn't get a real peppery tingle on the first two. No, there wasn't a ton of spice, but that one was a spicy yeah. So for me, it was really peppery up front into vanilla, and then the vanilla stuck around as the pepper died, and then it was brine, and it was vanilla and olive brine, which... Saying it out loud doesn't sound all that palatable, but it was delicious. Right. On paper, you would maybe run. But, right. But I love this tequila. Like, it's no pickles this and is, peanut butter. Oh, no, no. You Tell this me is, you're down with this. Sure. Yeah. Ritz cracker, peanut butter, pickle, the round sliced dill pickle. Sure. That's phenomenal. Sure. I'm not even pregnant. <laughs> and that's phenomenal. That's a snack in My, this house. My favorite is slice of ham, oh coating gosh, of dude. cream cheese. I've had like a 40-year love affair with ham. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Ham, slice cream of cheese. ham, smear with cream cheese on top. Oh, my gosh. Take a long pickle, roll that up, and then chomp, 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 chomp. Slice that up into slices. And you got this little hors d'oeuvre. You could put a fancy toothpick if you want to through it or just <laughs> like if I'm alone... I just put my face in the plate. And <laughs> <laughs> I love but it. The yeah. Cream, the cream cheese texture with the, the briny pickle and the salty ham. Oh, yeah. Lights out, dude. Oh, man. If I had that much cream cheese, <laughs> forget about it, man. Don't, don't nobody go in the bathroom for 35, 45 minutes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so good. All right, these two are absolutely, why did we take so long to do this? I mean, these, well, for one thing, I didn't have it. I had oh, to, yeah, no, I had to, I had oh to find gosh. one. Oh my gosh, yeah. And if we want to really get honest here, we did record <laughs> an episode of Fortaleza with a different Whiskey, which was That's so strange, right. but it it went well it together. It worked. We this is a better episode. A slightly upgrade on my end. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we did Fortaleza with Jim Beam White Label, and and I, we called it better together. <laughs> it was better together because they were. Yeah, but that was how we kind of came into the invention of our contribution to the spirits world: the quick sips. <laughs> Oh, I love oh. the high porn. <laughs> it never gets old it, for us. It's still fresh. Six still fresh. listeners hate it. <laughs> Me and you still tickled. <laughs> Holding your phone up to the microphone, playing a YouTube. <laughs> it's just so low budget. It's so, it's it's just like you and me. <laughs> Kind of low budget low down budget. home, right? Let's get it done. So let's explain to our two listeners what what the quick sip is. What what are we doing here? If you two have forgotten, <laughs> the quick sip is where we take a sip of the whiskey right into a sip of the tequila. We're not waiting. We're not resting. We're not cleansing our palates. We're not doing anything. It's the idea that having a little bit of the whiskey still kind of remaining in your palate, in your mouth, what does that do to the tequila? And if you're new to the show, one thing that we've kind of learned along the way oh, here... Oh, right, right. Because proof matters, is that oftentimes I'm bringing a, a, a heavy or a stout proof-wise whiskey. We've discovered that if we take just a slightly larger sip of the lower proof. I mean, let's equalize it, right? We got to do four parts whiskey to five parts tequila. I'll do my best with my <laughs> fingers and my lips. <laughs> so, uh, that just seems gross. All right. I don't know what that means. Um, you, are you, you ready? Need a little, do you need a little hit or are you? Well, I'm going to do a smaller good? sip of this. So right. I think I'm good. All right, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. 
Like you said, when you if you were to write down vanilla and brine, you wouldn't think that was good. <laughs> right. If you wrote down olives and caramel, <laughs> you would often you'd be making somebody sick. With you the, mean you've never dipped your <laughs> olives into a little bowl of caramel? Okay, so when I first took a sip of the whiskey, I I did get that quintessential buffalo trace nose. There is just that there's that nose that I get with a lot of Buffalo Trace bourbons. And it's it's a little bit of a floral quality um and a, a little bit of leather, but anyway, after the bourbon settled, I noticed that the sweetness of the bourbon kind of lingered through the tequila. And so there was caramel and olive, right? Yeah. Around mid-palate, I got the black pepper from the tequila. And then in the finish, I got like cinnamon spice from the bourbon. And I wow. love I love how these these two spirits can kind of go back and forth. Right. You think it's disappeared and then it comes back again. It yeah. re, it reappears in the finish. And again, the best part about the quick sip is the lengthy finish, right? It's still going. Nobody knows what I cut. It's two minutes of me and you smacking lips saying, like, are you ready? No. <laughs> you ready? No. And just going, yeah. And we're just, oh, my God, that was good. Yeah, like, right, <laughs> right, right. I thought, one, the whiskey came in so sweet. All the fruit. I feel like I, I didn't get as much caramel as I did brown sugar. And I realize okay. that's a very fine... No, I'm, I'm, I'm going with you. Yeah, I'll you go know, with you. It's just that, slightest that's, little difference. That's part of that quintessential Buffalo Trace nose that gotcha. I get. It's brown gotcha. sugar. Yeah. Brown sugar. Yeah. Okay. That made the tequila thin, oily mouthfeel instead yeah. of thick, buttery yeah, mouthfeel. We, we, we did lose the buttery mouthfeel. I'm, I'm with you on that. It, it was oily... The nose, it kicked up, because I had so much sweetness already, it kicked up the brine. It kicked up the minerality, kind of a chalkiness sure. on the nose. Then, like I said, that thin, oily mouthfeel, and it kicked up the citrus for me, and then finished with the brine. Okay. But so isn't that great how it goes back and forth? Yeah. It's, it's everything I love from both. <laughs> it's, I may never drink the two alone. <laughs> Ever again? What? What? If you had to pair a food with the Colonel, what? What would you? What would you pair it with? Like a cherry pie, fruit? Like a oh, like a slice fruit of pie. cherry pie, like that. All right, I'm in on that. Because you get I the flaky, don't... the flaky pie crust, mm. and then the caramel might kind of, you know, yeah. I don't know. So you know, keeping in the quick sip discussion, I don't know that I would eat cherry pie, E.H. Taylor, Fortaleza, <laughs> and olives. <laughs> That does seem like a little bit of it, like that, like we're getting out there too seems, far, but <laughs> but I'm willing to try. All right, let's take this to the next. If this show ever gets to the point where we're pairing pie and olives together, you know we we've gone to another level. We, we've that's, gone, yeah, that's that's deep down the the rabbit hole. All right, let's take this to the next direction. Okay, this time. Take a nice big sip of the Fortaleza Blanco. You know, give it a nose, give it a sip, give it its time. Don't wait, don't rinse, don't eat anything. Give the E.H. Taylor a good nose, good sip. See what happens. All right. Everybody ready? This is the Quick Sips. Salute. Salute. Okay, that was amazing. What'd you get? I I think that was even better than the first the first go. I got what you were talking about with that brown sugar nose mm-hmm. on the bourbon. Mm-hmm. After sipping the tequila, all I got was brown sugar. Just like a fresh bag of brown sugar. It was delicious. Then it was so much fun. That was the word I was thinking of. This is so much fun. Because it went with caramel sweetness. The agave was not going to be denied. It was right there with it. 
the brininess, the olive. There was this orange oil, this orange buttery feeling like you talked about before with that buttery feeling. But this was like an orange oil just coating my mouth. Then the end was like this ping pong match of like agave and caramel and agave and caramel. I was like, he's going back and forth by themselves. They were both fairly mouth drying. Yes. This time. Yes. Was so mouth watering. Yes. So, and I don't know if I noticed it that much going the other way, but boy, did I notice it this way. So mouth-watering. I, I constantly talk about cutting out two minutes of lip-smacking. This right. might be four minutes of lip-smacking. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So I got more of the buttery mouthfeel, starting with the tequila again. Like, it, like whatever thin oil I felt on the other way, it came back to butter. Sure. Everything I love about the Fortaleza was there. At Thanksgiving, I make these sweet potatoes and I take like a quarter cup of bourbon. It's usually bean. And then I take like, it's like an, an like this incredible amount. It's like four cups of brown sugar. Don't you love some of the recipes? They yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it makes this like grainy brown sugar syrup. That's what the nose was on this. Yes. It was like one part bourbon, 16 parts <laughs> Brown sugar, <laughs> all kinds of brown sugar, all into the fruit again, the stewed fruit, the cognac right. type fruit that I was that I was getting yeah, earlier. Sure. And then I'm with you. I felt like, oh wait, is the is the agave, is the tequila coming back? No, the bourbon is there. It went back and forth. And then we both sat back in our chair and said, "What the <laughs> fuck happened?" <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I love how you keep going back to the cognac. You know, the colonel, you know, he was a man of, of well means, you know. And yeah. after his education was finished in the U.S., he went over to Germany, Scotland, France okay. to learn how they distill all different types of spirits over there. What? So what if he took some of that cognac notes yeah. appeal? right. Hints and and took some of that knowledge back with him, you know. And now here you are talking about cognac as you're sipping this glorious it's bourbon. It's almost like he did it for me. Right? Okay. We talk all the time about what's the winner. Clear winner. Oh, Tequila yeah. to the whiskey. Hands winner. down. <laughs> Hands down. Yeah. However, whiskey to the tequila. Close second. Was still good. Oh, it's still delicious. Better than a lot of quick sips we've had. Definitely, yeah. Maybe because it's also the quality. Yeah, I mean... These are worth the hype. These are worth the hype. These are glorious spirits. And it was about damn time that we did that we did know, this. Why did we wait so long? It's just <laughs> stupid. Like, if we were really thinking about, hey, what should we put on our podcast? Let's put our favorites. Let's put our second favorites. But I also... This fe- should have been episode two. <laughs> but I also feel like we've gotten better... Yeah. Our oh, ba- yeah. Our banter, what we highlight, how we kind of formulate these episodes. To your point, we're getting better at pairing the spirits. So it's not just like, hey, I'm bringing this. What are you bringing? Right. And let's see what happens. No, we're starting, yeah, we're starting to kind of understand awesome. each spirit. And both of us are getting a little more knowledge of each spirit. You're right. learning you're learning right. more about whiskey. Right. I'm learning more about tequila so that when you bring that tequila, I can say, "Oh yeah, that does sound good, you know?" That, yeah. So, yeah, we're So, is this a suitable point to tease a few of our future pairings? If the listener has hung on this long, <laughs> they deserve. They they've earned. Yeah. Some some tidbits here. Yeah. Let's get into it. So we hinted at it. You brought a very special Colonel Taylor bottle. Yeah. What yeah. was that bottle? That and the, that's coming in a future episode. Yeah, by that's the, way. the Colonel Taylor barrel proof. Yeah. And <laughs> with that, I paired the Siembra Azul 15th anniversary reposado. Definitely a unicorn bottle or becoming one. Right. I bought it at the height of the pandemic for eighty dollars. And it's regularly going for two forty now. Holy cow! <laughs> and when we recorded that episode, I said after that quick sip, I am never again drinking this bottle 
without that. <laughs> and I haven't. It's still down in the cabinet, still on my bar. So you need to bring that other just, bottle just so we can finish it. So we it. can finish them together. Absolutely. Because now that we've done it, the only way to drink them will be together. Via right? the quick sip. I love is how you're saying that. You get this big nod, right? right? I get, I get a little too giddy. I know it's, it's it, it, that reminds me your face right there and that nodding. I don't remember the scene, but it's that. Ang- you remember the anger management movie with Adam Sandler? Oh yeah, and Jack Nicholson. And for whatever reason, Jack Nicholson has this. That, that big smile and he's nodding yes. That's what you looked a, like just meme. then. There's a meme from that, yes. right? Just him yeah, like going, right. yeah. yeah. That's what you looked like right there. Like, just say quick sip. Just say quick sip. Uh, oh my gosh, we got that. We've got Excelia. Oh, that stuff is why, amazing. Why is all the good stuff like out of production? So the Excelia that I have comes out of 1139, which is the same as El Tesoro, which we love, Tapatio, Villa Lobos, oh, which yeah. I got a couple bottles of. Yeah. But this Excelia was aged in what, Sauternes? We haven't even recorded it yet, but we've got a couple of, oh my gosh, you know what we're doing it with? The Legion. Oh, yeah. We're going to do Excelia Reposado with the Legion, which we already touched on a little bit a couple episodes ago, telling you it's going to be amazing. (laughs) We've we've had some good pairings. We have. Lately, we've set the bar high. Ooh, I got the old Chinaco. Yes. What did we do that with? Starward. Starward. The Starward single barrel. That was delicious. I had the old Herradura. Yeah. What did we do the Herradura with? We did that with uh, Jack Daniels single barrel rye. Yes. A special Jack Daniels. (laughs) (laughs) Not not Jack and Coke. Not old number seven. No. (laughs) (laughs) We should geek out sometime on just getting to know Drew and getting to know... Matt, and like maybe talk about like our spirit history, like how we got like college drinking history. What did you drink? What did you like? I don't know if I want to disclose all of this to the public. (laughs) Senator, I don't recall. (laughs) Right. I drink beer. You drink beer. Do you like beer? I like beer. That would be my answer. But because because it wasn't it. it, I mean, it really was just kind of an overnight thing. Was that political? No. You have any idea what I'm talking about? I don't. That dude. I'm talking about Brett Kavanaugh. Remember his whole thing? I like beer. You like beer? Yes, I drink beer. Oh, yeah. And and it was like eight sentences of like, I drink beer. Do you drink beer? I like beer. Do you like beer? (laughs) I like to drink beer. You like to drink beer. We like to drink beer. (laughs) I'm going to have to cut all of this. That's enough teasing of future episodes. Yeah. What do we got for this episode? What 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 are our takeaways from this? I think our takeaways are that you know there there are certain bottles that are hard to find. Yeah. And maybe raising prices maybe hard to get, maybe a lot of hype surrounding them and it and there's a good reason why. Others these two are worth the hype. Yeah. Others might not really be that great, but you can trust us that if you come across these, don't just think that it's hype, you know, buy yeah. them. Yeah. Pick them up. Yep. Yep. So remind everybody, what do we got? You've got the Colonel E.H. Taylor small batch. What's the proof though on this? 100 proof. 100 proof, bottled, bottled in bond. bond. And I've got the Fortaleza Blanco. Now, Seems like a paltry title after all that Colonel E.H. Taylor small batch. But the, the great thing about the Fortaleza, though, too, is that they have a still strength. They do. They have a winter blend. Hard hard to come across even and way more, more expensive. Like even more yeah. allocated yep. amongst the allocated, right? Yep. The and rare... I've got a bottle we can do. Yeah. It, it's getting harder and harder to find because this is a small batch distillery. Sure. So if you find Fortaleza, if you find the Colonel, buy the bottle. 
You came in for something else. Who cares? You're leaving with one extra That's bottle right. that day. That's right. That's right. All right, good. Those are good takeaways. Are we ready to close this thing out? Yeah, I think so. So uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. We want to ask you guys, again, give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. We really appreciate it. We need those reviews and ratings. It really helps us to grow this podcast so that others can find us and join you while you enjoy us blather on about these spirits. We want to thank Joby at Forsha Creek for our opening and exiting song. Thank you once again. Check out his podcast, Forsha Creek Podcast. And we ask that you drink responsibly. And if you like drinking whiskey and you like drinking tequila, then it's always a Friday. Happy Friday, Drew. Happy Friday, Matt. Oh, we appreciate y'all hanging, but now it's time to go. Well, come on back for more whiskey to keep the Friday show. Uh, all right, Fortaleza. Uh, squeaker. Mm, you know what? Get it wet. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like it's so easy. <laughs> ah, still, yeah. it's too. Yeah. There's right. too it's, much. It's a yeah. different. It's it, a different kind of. It gets down in there deep, and it.